One of the, well, one of the many things <laughs> that we love about Calvary Church, and there are many things, but is your commitment not only to see, see the lost come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but also your commitment to nurture, to train up, to disciple, to equip those who have given their life to Jesus Christ to do whatever ministry God has called them to, some locally, some right here in this church, and other places. And Dave Ewer not only has been saved and equipped, but it's so beautiful that this church is supportive of the ministry that they've called them to. They have ministered not only locally and in this community and in the state and also in the nation and around the world for the sake of the kingdom of God. It was my pleasure to get spend some time with Dave a month or so ago and get to know him and faith. And you know them very well. And it's our joy to welcome him this morning to share whatever God has laid on his heart. Give Dave a real great Calvary welcome. Thank you, church. Thank you, Pastor Jerry and, and Jean, for allowing me to speak here. I, I, I honor you guys. I remember when, I, when you first were brought in, I really wanted to be able to come to you and tell you that I submit to your authority and I, I respect you as someone that God has called for this season. So I thank you for that service and I honor you both. Thank you to the board for allowing me to, to come back here, especially during the transition. Um, it's, it's, it's special to be here. This is my home church. And um, I, don't, I don't take it lightly, you know. The day that I got really serious with God and I said, God, I'll do whatever you want to do. It was right over there at that altar. So this church means a lot to me, and uh, I appreciate what an honor to be able to share his word. So I just want to give a brief introduction. Uh, my wife, Faith, is over there. Um, if you could put the intro slide up. It's my wife right there, Faith, if you can raise your hands for those of you that don't know her. That's probably the worst thing I ever could have done for her, but um, I could not do what I do. There's absolutely no way I could do what I do. I remember even the first time when I was leaving my job, I had a good job. Uh, Dave Cleegan knows I was working at Tyco. I've been there 14 years, was doing very well. Teresa, I worked with her, and Carol, and several others, and uh, Sandy, and... You know, when I stepped out and I came out of the bathroom and I said, I really heard the Lord. She just said, you know, as long as we're following his will. So she, that's just a gift to be able to have a wife like that. And, you know, we, we don't always go to the easiest places. And she just follows and her love for Jesus and her willingness to uh, 
see the Lord do whatever he wants to do in our lives is it's very encouraging to me. So thank you, Faith. I love you so much. I, I have six kids. Four of them um, are traveling with us. That's our, it's our camper that we live in. By the grace of God, the Lord has provided us a beautiful camper. We had a smaller camper before, and now the Lord has provided a larger camper for us to be able to actually, you know, we live in this thing. So having six people in there, at one point we had seven people in a 30-foot camper, and now, thankfully, the kids all have their own beds and things. But uh, that's what life looks like for us when we're here domestically. When we're here in the States, we travel and we go wherever the Holy Spirit tells us to go. So there's been times we've been in Florida for a year. There was times that we went to uh, Louisiana. Um, we go where he, he sends us. Our, our heart and our vision for the, the future, we believe, has something to do with some sort of tent ministry or evangelistic outreaches in the United States while we're not traveling internationally. But for right now, this is what we're doing. It's a moment, and it, it, our life is, it started this way in full-time ministry, is one little step of obedience at a time. And it's a it's a, it's a harrowing journey at times, but it's so rewarding. You know, there was times that the Lord, would, when I very first, right over there, and I said, God, I'll do whatever you want. I really mean it this time. And I just heard, go to school. You know, so I went to the, the DSOM, the District School of Ministry. And then I, that was just the only thing I heard. It's like, well, what are you going to do after that? It's like, I don't know. But one step after another, the Lord has led our family and, you know, we've had the ability to be able to see and do amazing things for Jesus. You know, I was, I was a drug addict, an alcoholic, a pornography addict. I was completely lost. And it was about 20 years ago that someone shared the gospel with me. And in an instant, my life was transformed. So I understand personally the power of the gospel and to be able to to minister to that. And, you know, our family, my, I, my eyes, I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of people get saved just by hearing the gospel. And what an honor it is that that is the life that, God willing, for right now, that's what we have. In May, I just got back from Lebanon in the Middle East. We, had, we were planning to do some crusades there. Things didn't come together with the financing, the timing with the local churches. But for the near future, God willing, um, we are going to, uh, in October, to uh, Guinea-Bissau, West Africa. And it's, uh, it's in an area that's primarily unreached. 1.1 million people there have never heard the name of Jesus. It's primarily another religion that is not... Um, you know, it's just a different religion that, that needs to hear about Jesus. And my wife and my four kids, uh, four of my youngest kids, they're coming with us and we're going there. We'll be there possibly as long as May. So pray for us. I have amazing stories that I can share with you from Lebanon. I have amazing stories of the things that we've seen even in Louisiana and those type things and even some of the stuff that we're seeing now.
but I really feel that this, this time here is, is, is important to share the word. So this Saturday, we have a vision breakfast from um, 10 to 12. This Saturday, the 2nd, from 10 to 12, and there's little cards out there at the table if you want to remember and you want the details on it. It's a complimentary breakfast, but we'll be sharing the vision of what we want, what we feel the Lord is calling our family to do. And uh, so, you know, this word that I believe the Lord has for us today, it has rocked me literally from the moment I've been, I'm just so rocked by this word that the Lord has given me. And um, spending time talking about testimonies, I don't feel is what I'm supposed to be doing at this moment. So please come out. It's from 10 to 12 this Saturday. We'd love to have you out there. We're going to be able to share testimonies. Um, also, please feel to reach out to me if you ever want to talk. And I love to talk about God. And I love to talk about the things that he does. He's a miracle He's a miracle maker, and the things he does, man, oh my goodness. One final thing before I get into it. Um, we really need people to pray. I mean this sincerely. I've said this before. I used to think that when speakers or missionaries would come up and they'd say, hey, the number one, I think, uh, number one thing I want from you is prayer. Honestly, I used to think, well, they have to say that before they ask for money. I know it sounds kind of self-righteous and judging, and it really kind of is to judge the heart of another person. We need your prayers. This is no joke what we're going into. I'm bringing my four little kids and my wife into a place that's hostile. We're sharing the gospel in a nation that doesn't accept that. I was just on the phone this morning at 7 a.m. with people from Lebanon because we're possibly still going back to Lebanon September 14th. If you, we need your prayers. I need to be able to have wisdom. I need to be able to hear him. And then when I hear him, I need to be able to, to follow obediently after him. And there's a war that goes on in our family, in our lives. The, attack is, the attacks are real. I'm not going to glorify the enemy. He's under our feet. But it's real. So we need your prayers. And what we're looking for is if people want to be prayer intercessors, please sign up on that table out there. There's going to be two sign-up sheets. If you don't really want to pray for me, that's okay. Don't sign that prayer sheet. But what we want is somebody that I can reach out to in the middle of when things are going crazy. When we were in Lebanon, I sat there and I watched the, the team that I was with when we were going through very, very intense things in Lebanon get on their phones and say, pray now, pray now. And I thought, I don't have that. So I'm asking you if the Lord's touching your heart and you truly, and I know some of you here really do pray for us, but we want to establish a, a prayer team that's really going to pray for us because we're going out into places. I mean, every place could be dangerous. That's no joke. But we're going out into openly hostile places, 
and we're sharing the gospel and, you know, bringing four little kids and you watch movies like The Sound of Freedom, your brain could go crazy. I know that Jesus is Lord. But as Daniel Kalenda would say, evangelist Daniel Kalenda would say, there's no armor on the back because that's covered by the prayer of the saints. And that's what we're asking for is your prayers. So please, would you uh, uh, sign up for that? And we also have a table out there if you just want to stop by and there's stuff that we, uh, um, that we sell that helps fund the ministry. So let me pray. Lord, I just thank you so much. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Oh, I thank you for your word, Lord. Holy Spirit, I just ask in Jesus' name that you'd help me to communicate your word today, God. Help me, Lord, to communicate what you want me to say. Help me to glorify Jesus in whatever way that I can. Help me, God, to lift him up because you're worthy, Jesus. There's none like you, Jesus. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I thank you for saving me, God. Jesus, I thank you for saving me. I pray that you would use me today to touch the hearts of the people. I pray you'd use me today in whatever way you want, Lord. Touch the hearts of the people here in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just declare right now, I release and I declare an open heaven in this place. In Jesus' name, I declare and I release the kingdom of God and I declare an open heaven in this place. In Jesus' name. I believe that today we are going to see people get saved. I, I believe today we're going to see people get healed. I believe today we're going to see people get delivered from demons. I believe that's going to happen today. In the end, we're going to do a corporate prayer for healing. Uh, last, time, last year I was here and I did prayer and I, and I and I just realized because of inexperience, you know, that it, would, it was taking way too long. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a corporate prayer for healing. And that those that would, would like additional prayer, would, you know, would like me to pray for them specifically, I will be down there. But we'll do a corporate prayer, and I'm going to trust the Lord's going to do miracles. We are going to see miracles today. That's a guarantee, and it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me other than I'm just, I get the privilege of just coming up here and telling you about what he is, what he does, and his Holy Spirit's going to move. That's his word. And he always backs his word. And God willing, to the best of my ability, may Jesus be exalted during this time. Help me, Holy Spirit. So we're praying over these past couple of weeks about what I should speak about. Over and over, the blood of Jesus came to my mind. And I kept hearing, okay, that um, the blood of Jesus speaks. And first I started going over the story of 
uh, Cain and Abel because that's what the Lord brought to my mind. And I just sat there and I was like, how, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What are you trying to say by the blood of Jesus speaking, God? What does this church need to hear? And I'm telling you, um, I prepare messages quite a bit. I, even when I was in Louisiana, I was an interim pastor, so I was preparing messages every week. I, I do the best I can to always provide a timely word. I don't, I don't pull out, you know, even though I probably have a hundred sermons, I don't go back to one that says, oh yeah, I remember that. They, they all clapped. They clapped hard during that one. I do the best I can to, to seek the Lord for a word. Went to a, a men's Bible study and they even talked about the blood and the blood crying out. And I thought, okay, I see where you're going with this, God. And I was excited about it. When I was at camp with Pastor Renee, I had the honor of ministering with Pastor Renee, and we saw the Lord moving powerfully. We're talking kids sprawled out all over the floor. I mean, the power of God was just so um, amazing. And uh, what an honor it was to be able to, to, to minister with her. And I honor her. She served well here in this transition, and it hasn't been easy and while we were praying, one of these young girls walked by, and I just felt something in my spirit about, like, demonic oppression or something. So there was girls, I'm telling you, there was kids all over the place, leaders all over the place, just sprawled out under the, uh, under the power of the Lord. Some kids were laying out for 45 minutes just completely slain in the spirit, laying back, speaking in tongues for the first time. It was an amazing thing. And I said, Renee, I think I need to go over there and check. I seen a girl in the blue, and I feel like she may need, she may be, there may be some oppression there, and she may need to get set free. So what I did is I literally walked over by her, and I stood over her, and I just said, I plead the blood of Jesus. See, because I've received some training through Christ for All Nations, I've been to Africa several times, and in Africa, it is not uncommon, especially during crusades, to see people all over the place manifesting demons. We're not used to seeing that. I've seen it, I mean, tremendously when I was in Louisiana. It was unbelievable. I've seen it a ton. I've already since I've been home here in this town, but... In Africa, people are slithering like snakes all over the place. It's very common. And one of the things that we learned was don't ever plead the blood of Jesus over somebody who's got a demon. And I thought, because they go crazy. So when I, was, when I went over and I was testing to see if this girl was oppressed, and it wasn't her, it was actually someone else, another girl in blue who was sitting close by. She got set free, by the way. But when I, I was thinking about that and the blood of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, and I was thinking, wow, it's so powerful that even, even just the mention saying, I plead the blood of Jesus, and I've seen it. I've seen it in, in Tanzania when these local pastors that we are working with, they kept saying, I plead the blood of Jesus over this lady that was oppressed. And she was throwing these pastors across the room, ripping shirts and, and the pastor, the leader that I was with was saying, stop saying, plead the blood of Jesus. Stop saying that. You're going to get her hurt. So I've seen it. And I was like, why in the world 
would demons be freaking out just over speaking about the blood of Jesus? And the war in my mind was very intense, and I was like, God, help me to put this message together. So I was praying, and I said, Holy Spirit, why is it that demons still freak out so bad when you plead the blood of Jesus over them? And I felt as if I heard in my spirit or the impression that the Lord gave me was the blood of Jesus is the most powerful substance in all of heaven and on earth. And then the message came. Boom! Coming in here today, you can ask my wife. I've just been rocked by this message. I heard, I heard the, I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say, I was just sitting there and I was like, okay, so there's blood sacrifices and I'm not sure how much time I'm going to be able to cover all these things. There's so much in this. But I was like, there's, they, they sacrificed animals and why was, I'm just pondering this on the way here and I'm praying in the spirit and I was like, why is there so much power in the blood of Jesus? And I felt like I heard, because, it's the DNA, because it has the DNA of God. God himself came through the Holy Spirit and impregnated Mary, as we know. There's no more powerful blood. There's no more powerful substance. I truly believe this, and not just because I feel like I got a word. The power of blood is the power of the blood is is the most powerful thing. I want to encourage some of you if you're feeling like you want to crawl out of your seat please stay. We'll be ministering in the end and there'll be freedom, there will be healing. But if everything in you is irritated and you can't wait to get out of here, I'm telling you there's a reason for that. Because when we speak of the blood of Jesus Christ, things are shaking in the spirit. So one of the first things that the Lord put upon my heart was the blood is alive. In Genesis 4.10, the story of Cain and Abel, and he said, this is, this is uh, God speaking he says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You see, Cain killed Abel. I don't want to get into the story. I've got too many um, things here to discuss here. But Cain killed Abel because the Lord wasn't pleased with his sacrifice. And, and the Lord goes to, to Cain and says, where's your brother? And in a pious way, and it's just ridiculous, but we do the same thing to God before you judge. He looked at God and answered him, and he said, well, Who am I, my brother's keeper? But as God says to him, The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You see, the blood is alive, and it cried out for justice. The blood is life. In Leviticus 17.11, it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. You see, the blood was shed for the remission of sin. In Matthew 26, 27 through 28, 
says, Then Jesus, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, and saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. You see, the blood offers redemption in Ephesians 1, 7 through 8. It states, in, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound in us in all wisdom and prudence. The blood brings us near to him. Ephesians 2, 11 through 13. Therefore, remember that you... Once Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, stay with me here, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. You see, we were strangers from the covenants that were being passed down. Those were meant for the Israelites. But it's his blood having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. See, the blood saves us from his wrath. In Romans 5, 6 through 11, it says, For, we, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than now, having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved through, from wrath through him. You see, it's his blood that saves us from the wrath that we, we, we rightfully deserve. His blood reconciles all things. In, first, in Colossians 1, 15 through 20, it says, He is the image of the invisible God. Amen. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, had, having made peace through the blood of the cross. Everything, whether on earth or in heaven, was reconciled, and that peace was brought by the blood. Do you see how powerful the blood is? Everything in heaven and earth made peace by the blood. You were bought with the blood. Forgive me one second. I'm going to be crying in a couple minutes anyway, so I don't know. First Peter 1, 17 through 19 says, And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We were made kings 
and priests by the blood in Revelation 1, 4 through 6. Says John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Christ Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and he made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. In Revelation 5, and they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and every tongue and people and nation, and having made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. You see, the blood also gives us the final victory over the devil. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his, and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. He who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by how? The blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has such a short time. See, the blood, it screams out, Jesus is Lord. It screams it. This, this, when I was reading this, and I was even talking with my wife about it on the way here, in Revelation 19, 11 through 16, this is the end in the word. It says, Now I saw the heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and true, and in his righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. Listen to this. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on a white horse. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Picture the symbolism behind that. Jesus himself riding with a robe dipped in blood. There's nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ. No wonder why the devil wants to remove the blood from our sermons and our churches and our songs. Some call it offensive but now I'm seeing why. It's like the name of Jesus. I've had so many people come up to me and say, ah, well, his name wasn't really this and blah, blah, blah. And they're trying to, they're trying to, what they're trying to do is take away 
the authenticity of the name of Jesus. And many people are trying to take away, you don't really need to preach about the blood. That's offensive. It's gory. Yes, it is gory. Jesus died on a cross for you. And his blood was shed for you. And it's gory, but the power is in the blood. So when you're looking at Revelation 19, and he's coming back as the lion, no longer the lamb, when he's coming back, he's dipped in that blood. From the very beginning in Genesis, when, when we brought sin into this world, when Adam and Eve disobeyed and they ate the apple, they were trying to hide themselves in the garden. And you know what? They used leaves. But God said, no, I, that will not cover you. So he took the animal, which required blood. So from the beginning to the end, Jesus has blood. Blood. He has set it up that way. That he is the one is in charge. He is the one that is determined where, how his system works. He defined that. He defined that with the Israelites, with the Mosaic law. He defined this is what you need to do when you have sin. I want you to take a priest, a great high priest, and I want him to take the blood of the animal and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. He's the one that said, I will honor that. All foreshadowing to Jesus, who became that lamb. And the amazing thing, this blows my mind. I still, I really don't even get it. Jesus became the mediator of that new covenant. So he actually was the priest and the lamb at the same time. He's the one who's bringing this to conclusion. He's the one who is putting his own body on the cross. Make no mistake, he put himself there as a submission to his father. He's the one that mediated it. And he knew that his blood needed to be shed because that's the way that it was set up from the beginning. That the only way that the sins of man and the only way that people could have unity with this holy God because God set it up that way was through the blood. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. He set it up that way. No wonder why demons scream at the mention of the blood of Jesus. And then I thought to myself, I was sitting there last night as I was like so thankful as, as, as it was finally coming together, the things I knew what I wanted to say, but I couldn't get it out. And I was like, I don't know if any of you do this. If you don't, I would recommend it. But when we've prayed over our home, or we, when we've been places that have been pretty dark, even when I was in Lebanon, we were in a place where people died because of the blast, and we were inside of a place. I walked through, and I took oil, and I put it on the doorposts of each one of the rooms. I've done that in my home. I've done that in our camper. And I walk around it. Why does that carry power? Think about it. It's because it's pointing to the blood from the Passover. It's pointing to that. And in faith, what we're doing is we're saying, I cover this. And you're speaking to the spiritual realm, and they recognize the power. The demons recognize the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. 
the blood screams out, Jesus is returning, and not as just that lowly lamb, but as that lion of Judah. The blood screams out, victory! Imagine, imagine the pain that the enemy and the frustration that the enemy feels when we talk about the blood of Jesus. You see, he thought he was smart and he thought he was doing something. And little did he know until it was too late that it was the blood, it was the death, it was the supposed betrayal by Judas that was all part of God's plan that was going to bring his demise. This devil understands that because of that blood, his time is short. The blood is the only thing that could pay for your sins and mine. It's the only thing. There's nothing else. It doesn't matter who you know. It doesn't matter how, how good you think you are. I just seen an 87-year-old man give his life to the Lord the other day. With just a few simple questions, I realized he was putting his faith and trust in being good. He didn't say it that way. But if you can't answer, the question I ask people is, if you were standing outside of the gates of heaven, and God said, why should we let you in here? And if you start to tell me or you're even thinking it in your mind, oh, because, well, I'm a pretty good person or I go to church or I do, it's only the blood. It's only what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's the only way you get to heaven. Because if, you're, if his blood is not there, there is no cleansing of your sin. Your sin still remains. I don't care if it's one or 1,000. God cannot have that in his presence. It's just that simple. But God loved you so much that he, he, he looked ahead. And from way back when he started the sacrificial system, the mosaic system, he, he showed them this is a foreshadowing of what's to come. I'm going to send the great high priest, and he is going to come, and his blood is going to pay the price once and for all. So if you're putting your faith and trust in anything other than the blood of Jesus Christ or what he did on the cross, you will be sadly mistaken. It should be a terrifying thing when it says, few, and the road is narrow. There's a lot of people that truly are putting their faith and trust in getting into heaven on something other than Jesus. And God the Father will not allow that. Picture if I gave up one of my kids and then you took the credit. He will not accept it. The only price that could be paid, the only thing that could erase the sin is the blood. One of the things I was thinking about also is just how powerful it is. And I remember Pastor Tim, I don't remember how long ago, he talked about pleading the blood of Jesus. 
And I remember after I listened to that, I started doing that, and then I seen things shifting and things changing, and I was like, whoa. You see, there's power in our mouth. There's power in our tongue. The enemy has no power. I hate to... But if he can get us to say something out of our mouth, then it carries power. So what does he like to do? He likes to get inside of our head. He likes, to, he likes to whisper thoughts into our mind. He likes to use people around us to stir the pot so that we, we speak a curse over our life or we speak those things. You see, when we understand the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And then when we're standing in the same way as if we put that blood or that oil on, on our house or we declare the blood over a situation, things will change. It's faith. God recognizes that faith. He recognizes our prayers. And most importantly, so does the spiritual realm. They understand that, trust me. They understand how powerful our words are. When you watch somebody, when you're praying over somebody who's, who's thrashing around on the floor with a demon, and you say, I command you stop right now in Jesus' name. And they, boom. That's because the spiritual world recognizes the power of his blood. So why am I saying that to you? Why am I saying this to this church? Because I believe that we've forgotten about that. I believe we need to remember that there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe that we need to start declaring that over our lives, over our family, over our children. Last night when I was going to sleep, I just stood in my kids' room. I always go and I check the door by their little camper door. And I just said, I plead the blood of Jesus over you. And there's power with that. Because his blood is the most powerful thing that has ever been made. I'm going to call up the worship team. Here's a sobering thought. Don't treat the blood of Jesus... as something that's common. Hebrews 10, 26 through 31 states, if we sin willfully after we have received knowledge of the truth, we're almost done. Please listen to me here. Focus on what I'm hearing, what I'm saying. For if we sin willfully after we have received knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much more punishment do you suppose? He, will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted to the Spirit of grace? For we know him who says, Vengeance is of mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. We cannot be cavalier or 
very lighthearted about, you know what? I know that I look at pornography. I do it all the time. I know that I'm sinning intentionally. There's a cycle. I'm not talking about a sin that comes and then you, you, you make a mistake. But when you're repeatedly going into it because you know you have the blood or you know that forgiveness is, is there waiting for you and you abuse that blood, you abuse that precious, precious blood, I want to say woe to you. Woe to me. It's not a joke. The cost that was paid for forgiveness was so great. I mean, they put him on a cross. They stripped him naked. Do you understand that? You know how humiliating it would be if I got beaten and stripped up here? His back looked like a field that had been plowed. His face was beyond recognition of a man. And yet we go, well, all I got to do is ask for forgiveness. I'm saying, whoa. Another thing that hit me was the price of the blood shows how valuable we are to God. Do you see how valuable it is that he looks at us? <laughs> I was so lost before. I was such a scumbag. But God, he loved me and he loves you. The cost of his blood shows you how important he is that you are to him. The other night at the youth group, I got to preach. And there was like a, a warning siren going off in my head that there was somebody there that wanted to kill themselves. And I shared it. And the word was true. Some of you here may be thinking that God doesn't care about you. He proved it. He proved how much he loved you by what he did on the cross. Your value was proven when his blood was spilled by God the Father as he looked down and watch those horrible things happen. He said it pleased him. Because God has always wanted communion with you. See, that's the truth. God loves us. I have no idea why. He has set his heart and his affection on this creation that he made in his image. And he loves us. And he loves you. So if you're presuming on the, the righteousness in the, in, the, in the blood and you're using it in a, 
in a fashion so that you could stay in your sin and use the excuse of uh, sanctification or whatever you're doing. God loves you. He has his arms wide open, just like the prodigal. He's not here to shame you. I'm not. I used to be so lost. But he's saying, I paid for that with my blood. I've proven my love for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He proved his love for you. And if you're doing that, I want you to today turn and repent and make things right by the blood of Jesus for good. Not knowing that, well, on Friday you're going to go back and do the same thing that you did. And some of you here, just like me over 20 years ago, you may have never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Some of you, when I ask you that question, if you died right now, are you sure if you'd go to heaven? Some of you can't honestly say that you're 100% sure. Well, the Bible says that his spirit assures with our spirit that we're his sons and daughters. His Holy Spirit is the seal that tells me I'm his. So 20 years ago, even though I was so lost, I was so broken, I had not done one thing yet for God. I hadn't, I hadn't spent one day doing something for him. I knew that I was going to heaven. And that fear of death was gone. And if you don't have that, if you don't have that blessed assurance, if you don't have that assurance that you're his, you probably are not. Because I know I'm his. And my rap sheet, which is, which is wiped clean and white by the blood, is probably much longer than all yours, but I know that I'm going to heaven. And it has nothing to do with what I do right now. It's because of his blood. So I want to ask you all right now if you guys could, if you guys could stand. If, that's, if there's any of you here if you could play quietly if there's any of you here who have have not given your life to Jesus Christ and you know for a fact that you're not certain on where you'd spend eternity I'm asking you if everyone can close their eyes please to raise your hand. Today, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want your sins cleansed by the blood of Jesus, if you want to surrender everything to him, I'm asking you to, to lift up your hand in a step of faith, asking him to forgive you. And that blood that we've been speaking about, that most powerful substance, that blood will set you free today. And if there's any of you here that perhaps have been abusing the blood or taking, treating the blood as common 
and trampling upon that blood of that covenant. If there's any of you here, I just ask that you would pray after me also here. Guys, this is such a serious thing. I've seen people whose lives have went from like meth addicts to completely clean instantaneously. Life's changed, life's transformed in one moment like this. This truly is a divine moment that God has set up for you. So if the Lord is tugging upon your heart to raise your hand or the Lord's tugging upon your heart to, to repent, then do it. It's his love. It's his blood crying out to you, saying, I've paid the price for you. I love you. Thank you, Lord. So if everyone can pray with me, say, Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins. Today I turn away from my sins, and I turn to you. I believe you died on a cross for me. I believe you rose again three days later. And today I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Wash me clean by your blood. Holy Spirit, fill me now from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. In Jesus' name. And we're going to go, uh, we're just going to uh, go into some worship here. But what I want to do is I want to ask anybody here, see the blood did not just pay for your salvation, it paid for your healing. If there's anyone here that has any part of your body that has sickness, anything that is wrong, all I'm asking you to do, we're not going to all flood the altars, but all I'm asking you to do is if you've got pain in your head, put your hand on your head. If you get headaches, if you've got pain in your knee, put your hand on your knee. If you have pain in your back, you get the point. Put your, put your hand as a step of faith to God on the part that's bothering you. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus and the Lord will heal you because he's paid for it. He says, by my stripes you are healed. See, the, the price that was paid on his back when his blood was splattered all over the place, that sprinkling of his blood when he was whipped and beaten for you paid for that healing. And I want you to look to Jesus in this instant. Jesus is the one that will heal you. So right now, if you could put your hand on that part that's been affecting you, I'm going to pray. Right now, by the authority of Jesus Christ, I command all sickness in this place to get out right now in Jesus' name. I command all cancer to get out right now in Jesus' name. I bind every demonic spirit that's holding people oppressed right now in Jesus' name. By the authority of Jesus Christ, I bind and I rebuke every demon. I rebuke every spirit of infirmity inside of these people. I command by the authority of Jesus 
Jesus Christ. Devil, let these people go. I command all back issues be healed in Jesus' name. Any cancer, we command you by the authority of Jesus Christ. Get out right now in Jesus' name. Any liver issues, get out right now in Jesus' name. Any pain in the knees, get out right now in Jesus' name. I rebuke that spirit of diabetes and I command it. Get out right now in Jesus' name. I plead the precious blood of Jesus over every person under the sound of my voice, including those that are watching online. Whatever sickness you have, I plead the blood of Jesus, and we command it by the authority of Jesus Christ. Get out right now in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Every area from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet in Jesus' name. I just heard left foot. If someone has pain in their left foot, I command that to be healed right now in Jesus' mighty name. I command any knees to be healed in Jesus' name. Any wrists that be that are hurting to be healed right now in Jesus' name. Any sickness, any sickness, spirit of infirmity, I speak to you right now by the authority of Jesus Christ. Get out in Jesus' name. Now, as a step of faith, I just want you to test the area. So if you had problems with your knees, move your knees. If you had problems with your back, move your back. Whatever that would be. I just ask that you would check it. Just check it. I can't tell you how many people I've seen get healed in this instant when they just check it. And if you feel the Lord has manifested a miracle, I want you to just raise your hands. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Guys, he's paid for it with the most precious thing in the world. Whatever you need, Jesus has made a way through the blood. He's brought you near. He's given you a place to where you're actually seated in him. In him. If you are a born-again believer, you are seated in him. Lord, we just praise you. We thank you, Lord. For those that you healed and those that you're healing, Lord. We thank you for the testimonies of even those that on their way home will receive that healing. We thank you, God, that you paid the price, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I just feel like I want one more time. I'm going to ask anybody, if you didn't receive your healing, please raise your hand. If you did not receive your healing, please raise your hand. And there's something still bothering you. Yes. Put your hand on that, on that part again. We command right now in Jesus' name, we break off any muscular dystrophy, any nervous system issues, we break that off right now in Jesus' name. We break every curse that the enemy has placed on you. Every, we break every covenant that the enemy has made with you, even unknowingly. We break that by the blood of Jesus. We command healing, tinnitus, and the ears leave right now in Jesus' name. Get out in Jesus' name. Ears be healed. Headaches leave in Jesus' name. Spirit of infirmity we remind you 
of the blood of Jesus, and we command you, get out right now in Jesus' name. If the Lord has touched you and you've been healed, raise your hand again, please. I just want to see that. Yes, one, two, three. Jeez, wow, God. Wow, God. This is the God we serve. Take this with you. This understanding, you see, because the same Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus, if you're a born-again believer, lives in you. And you have the same authority. This is not blasphemy. You have the same authority as Jesus. He has given you the power. He's given you everything you need so that you can tell those things in your life that need to change. I plead the blood of Jesus right now, and I command this to leave. This isn't just for a special service or an evangelist. This is for all of us. The Bible says those that believe, these signs should follow. Those are the things that should be a normal part of our Christian walk. And when we start to walk and operate in this, imagine how affected our communities would be. There are still people that are calling me from Louisiana because that area got rocked by Jesus. And it was just us going out into the streets, knocking on doors. You got anything I can pray for you about? Bang! This church has a new season coming. Remember the power that we carry. And remember the price that was paid for you. And if you're sitting here thinking about how God doesn't love you or you want to end your life, I'm telling you, he loves you so much. He demonstrated it on the cross. God the Father looked down and allowed his only son to be betrayed, beaten, because he loves you. It's love. Don't listen to the enemy that tells you you don't have value. Don't listen to the enemy that tries to steal your hope and tell you that you're not worth anything. Your worth has been proven on the cross. Lord, we just thank you for what you've done. We thank you for the healings. We thank you for the salvations, Lord. And God, I just thank you, Jesus, for your, for your blood. Burn it in my heart, Lord. Burn it in my mind that this message that you've spoke to me will stay with me and that it'll echo through this church, Lord. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. And then the worship's going to start and then all I'm going to do is I'm going to come down here. If you didn't receive healing and if the other, um, the prayer team wants to come up, Please, the, the men and women that have been anointed to do the prayer team, if you can come up. If you haven't received healing or if you want prayer, and this may sound bizarre, but if there's, there's screaming or nonsense going on in your head and you're dealing with dreams or, or things, you know, Jesus paid the price by his blood, and you will get freedom today. One thing that I found, and I was so shocked when I seen it the first time, it's not a battle. Demons are not a battle for God. 
He already won that war. So if you need prayer or you need deliverance, you're in a safe place here. Thank God I mean this because I've been in different churches and different circles. Thank God that Calvary believes in the gifts of the Spirit. Thank God that the Holy Spirit is allowed to do what He wants to do. May it never end. Because that's where the power is at. So if you want prayer, I ask the prayer team if you can come up please now. And I'll also be down here and I'd be happy to pray for anybody. God bless you.